People are the weakest link in any cybersecurity plan. We're distracted, exhausted, and often unmotivated. It's time to change the approach used to protect our businesses, technology, identity, and data. The human element has to be front and center in a war against data breaches and ransomware attacks. It's time to educate. Welcome to the Human Element Podcast. Visit our website at thehumanelement.net for more content to help you strengthen your awareness of the people problem in cybersecurity. I am Scott Gumbar, owner of Nuage Tech, a client-focused, security-minded, proactive IT service provider. Welcome to episode four of the Human Element Podcast. This podcast title, The Cost of Convenience. So we live in a hyper-connected world, a world where if I want to order something and have it delivered, I can get it. In some cases, I can get it the same day. I can order on Amazon or Walmart's website and Target's website, and I can have it delivered in, in a lot of cases within a few hours. Um, most of the time, the next day, it's delivered. And that's true for most of us if we live in uh, more densely populated areas. If I want food delivered from a restaurant, it used to be only a few restaurants not so long ago. Only a few restaurants had delivery. If you wanted food, you would have to go and pick it up. Now, I open up one of many apps, order food, and have it delivered. Within 45 minutes, or I can schedule the delivery. All convenience. And they'll even tell you, on the way there, if you need us to stop at 7-Eleven, or if you need us to stop uh, at Walgreens, we can do that for you. For no additional charge. Except for what you order, of course. All of that convenience. If I don't want to go grocery shopping, I could pay a service to go select all the food, all the groceries I want, and have it delivered to my doorstep at my convenience. If I want to order Whole Foods, I can go on Amazon and order Whole Foods and have it delivered whenever I want. And I believe that is within two hours in many cases. We live in a world where instant gratification is not only desired, it's 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 very plausible in a lot of instances. Even my own business, when a client needs support, they call me up and I jump on the computer and remote in and give them the support they need instantly. And we pride ourselves on how fast we respond to our customers. So we live in a world where we're expecting instant response 24-7, 365, doesn't matter what the day is, doesn't matter what we're celebrating or you know whether we're sleeping or not. That is the expectation, and that is where we're at for a lot of things, including getting paid. So I've got a little scenario for you, but I want to warm it up before we do it. We have these payment apps like Venmo, Zelle, Cash App, those are some of the more popular ones. Uh, I think PayPal Me is another example, and I'm probably missing some of the ways you can pay someone. I know you could do it through Facebook. I've never done it. 
and probably will never do it. Uh, but you can send money in a multitude of ways to people, and they receive it almost instantly, you know, within a few seconds in a lot of cases. So let's say my wife is out and about, and she forgot um, the card she wanted to use. I can sell her money to a different card, and she has it, or a cash app, or whatever whatever the case may be. Um and we've heard for a long time that Venmo and Cash App come with risks, that they will use these apps to scam people, to steal money from people. And, and we even have a blog post on thehumanelement.net about such a scam that took place. It essentially is a business email compromise scam, but it happened to a, a homeowner and on the other side of Roofer. Um, where the homeowner lost $3,000 potentially. I don't know. It was through Venbo. I don't know the outcome of her trying to retrieve that money. But the end story is she ended up paying the wrong people $3,000 because they scammed her. Um, so go read that blog post, and you'll have another another view into this type of scam. And, and so we've heard for a long time how Cash App and Venmo, especially Cash App, that these things were were uh, going to and do occur a lot on these apps. Well, Zelle, we never heard this before. And, and that's because Zelle is owned by, in a roundabout way, it's owned by seven banks. You know, Wells Fargo is one of them. Um, let me see if I can find a list here. But um, in total, there are seven well-known banks that own Wells Fargo through a company, an, another company called Early Warning Services. And the banks are Bank of America, Capital One, J.P. Morgan Chase, PNC, Truist, U.S. Bank, and Wells Fargo. So all well-known banks. They're all owners of Zelle, the Zelle system, which is through a company called Early Warning Services. In total, 1,425 banks and credit unions use Zelle. And Zelle's just like Venmo in, and Cash App in that it allows you to transfer money or receive money, send money or receive money instantly, um, if, especially if you have a bank account with one of those banks. In total, almost 18 million Americans were defrauded um, using scams through these apps, not just Zelle or Venmo or, pay, or um, Cash App, but any digital wallet or person-to-person person, person person payment app, such as the ones I've already mentioned. And that was just in 2020. So 18 million, which is a little more than 5% of the entire population of the U.S., um, that's a lot of people, uh, and that's a lot of money. So even you know, even if it was a dollar, that's $18 million lost, and it's not just a dollar. So I'm going to do a scenario, and it's uh, we're going to do kind of like law and order. It's... it's not a real scenario, but it's based on real events. So Tom, one day, receives a text message. The text message comes from his bank, and let's say his bank is Wells Fargo. We've all gotten these text messages. We get a text message from banks we don't even have accounts from. I got a, a text message earlier this week from Chase that wasn't even, I don't even have a Chase account. I haven't had a Chase account in well over 10 years. Um, but I got a text. I got a text message from Chase saying there was an issue with my account. So Tom, he gets this text message from Wells Fargo, and it says, "Did you authorize 
to transfer $1,000 from, from your Zelle to another Zelle account? Please reply yes or no. $1,000, significant amount of money for most people today. Gas prices are through the roof. Food and everything else is going up. The economy, while it's performing well, according to our government, is, uh, for most, uh, we're struggling right now. We're having a hard time keeping up with inflation and all the costs that are going up. So $1,000 is a lot of money. So, of course, he said no. He replies no. He did not send $1,000 to anybody through Zelle because he was concerned that his account might have been compromised. No less than five minutes later, he gets a phone call. The caller ID says it's Wells Fargo. The person on the other end of the phone says, Hey, Tom, my name is, you know, they use the, the last name. Hey, Mr. Johansson, my name is Rita, and I'm with the fraud department at Wells Fargo. We're following up on the text alert you received regarding your Zelle payment of $1,000. We wanted to verify your account information and ensure that you are, in fact, who you say you are. And in order to do so, we need you to Zelle us five or Zelle yourself $500. And you could do that simply by going to the Zelle app, putting your phone number in, and sending the $500. So Tom does this. He sends the $500. He gets the multi-factor authentication, technically two-factor authentication code on his phone. Rita says, can you read the two-factor authentication to me? He says, sure. He reads the two-factor authentication. And Rita says, okay, great. Now we just need to verify your savings account as well. So again, they say, Tom, can you sell $500 from your savings account to yourself? Seems fair and reasonable, right? I'm selling money to myself. What could go wrong? I'm putting in my phone number, I get the authorization code, and uh, Rita asks for the code, I give Rita the code, and she says, great, thank you. Mr. Johansson, we verified your account, we verified you are indeed the owner of the Zelle account, we want to thank you for working with us, and um, you are all set, we've, we've avoided any type of fraud on your account. And we've added some notes to your account for future reference. Disconnect the call. Come to find out, that was not Wells Fargo. And Rita does not work for the fraud department at Wells Fargo. And they tricked Tom because Tom did not have his phone number on his Zelle account. When you set up a Zelle account, you set it up with either a phone number or an email address. And Tom had it set up what with his email address, but not his phone number. So now when they set up the phone number, when, when the scammers, the attackers went into his, went into Zelle, claimed his phone number, that's when he got the multi-factor authentication code and they were able to verify. So Tom, Tom's phone number was claimed by someone else with a different Zelle account and that money the $500 payments from his checking and from his savings were actually sent to a different Zelle account. So Tom is now out $1,000. And here's where it gets even more interesting is now Tom says, okay, well, I'm going to call the real Wells Fargo and I'm going to tell them what happened and they'll refund my money. You know, we've all been, not all, but a lot of us have been victimized by stolen credit card credentials or not credit card credentials, but credit card accounts. 
our debit card accounts where, uh, as an example, this is going back quite a ways. Um, I one time had a, a, a Citibank account and um, Monday morning, go to work and try to use my card to buy breakfast and it was declined. And I, I knew I had the funds in the account. I call Citibank up. Citibank says, were you in France over the weekend? Did you make any purchases while you were there? Okay, first of all, if I'm going to go to France, I'm not going to go for just a weekend. I'm, you know, I don't have that kind of money um, to just go for a weekend and eat dinner at a nice restaurant and then come back. That's just not the lifestyle I live. I told the Citibank rep, no, I was not. I have not been to France ever, and that was not me. And so they told me that there were multiple charges for a few hundred dollars each, up, you know, 300, 500, 700, things like that. And that um, they froze the account because they suspected that this was fraudulent. And that's why I was unable to use my card on Monday morning. So thankfully they caught that. And I think a lot of us have been there. Some of us have gone on vacation and tried to use our card and had our card locked, even though it was legitimately locked. So we had to call the bank, explain that we were in another country. And, um, you know, can you please unlock my account? So the thought process here, A, that Wells Fargo might call him because they detected fraud, or B, that he could call back and explain that there was fraud and get the money back, is a, is a, that's a, a realistic thought process, right? Because we, the banks are supposed to be there to protect us. So he calls Wells Fargo, Wells Fargo, he calls Wells Fargo, I'm having a hard time saying that, but he calls Wells Fargo and um, explains the situation and they say, well, no, we cannot return the money. We cannot put the money back in your account because you authorized the transaction. So they got him on a technicality because he did technically authorize the transaction. He spoke to someone, he input the two-factor authentication, he put sent the money to a phone number that was his, but somebody else claimed. And so technically he did authorize the transaction. And this is what's happening. So so all of these scams, $18 million worth, you know, I don't know the breakdown of how many were on Zelle, but they are happening and people are getting scammed out of, you know, in this case, $1,000 in my example, but there are people that are getting scammed out of tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, I see stories of 1500 2000 25000 10000 So there's a lot of money being removed from these accounts. And then when you call the banks who are supposed to have your back and protect your money, they're telling you, no, you cannot get your money back because you authorized the transaction. So here's where the banks are failing. So I, I understand where that technically, yes, the people authorize the transaction, but are we educating our customers? So, you know, in the watch tech, we take a lot of pride in the fact that we educate our customers. We tell them, beware of scams similar to this and um, be wary of anybody calling you proactively to ask for this information. So a few pieces of information. First of all, your bank is not going to text you something like that. They're not going to say, hey, did you authorize this Zelle? They're not, that's not going to happen. Second of all, if you get a phone call from your bank saying, hey, 
we understand there's been some fraudulent activity on your account. We need to review some things. We need to verify some information. I don't care what information they're trying to verify with you. Never give out your account information, your phone number, even though they just called you. Your, you may have a different phone number on your Zelle. I don't know. Never give your the last four of your social. Never give your debit or credit card number. Nothing. Hang up the phone. Call back the number that's either on your debit or credit card or if you Google it, Google it and look up the number, the 800 number for your bank, let's say Wells Fargo in this instance. Call them back at that number and say, hey, I just received a call from somebody in your fraud department. They told me that there was some Zelle activity on my account that I didn't authorize, and uh, I wanted to make sure that that is, is really what's going on. 99% of the time, they're going to say, no, that is not what happened there is no fraud alert on your account. You are being, somebody's trying to scam you. That is the way to handle those situations. It is phishing through Zelle. It's technical. So you know, we talk about it, and I've talked about it in podcasts. I've talked about it in blog posts. It's going to be in the upcoming book. Um, when you combine different forms of social engineering into one attack, you have a higher success rate. So in this case, they combine text phishing, which is known as smishing, and they combined phone call phishing, which is known as vishing, into one attack and said, your account's been compromised because somebody's trying to send Zelle payments through your account. We need to verify some information. Let's do that by sending Zelle to yourself. Seems like, you, you know, you're probably thinking, okay, I'm sending it to myself. What harm could, could there be in that? No, this is what happened. They stole your phone number for Zelle. They claimed it because you did not. And they had you sell them money to your phone number that went to their account. And you're now out that $1,000 because Wells Fargo is telling you, well, no, you did authorize the transaction. Therefore, that is your problem. Paraphrasing them. I hope they don't say it that way. But that's essentially what they're saying. They're not doing a good job of educating their customers. And so now here we are educating the customers when you combine multiple forms of social engineering, because this is what phishing is, it has a higher success rate. If you if you get this phone call or text message, first of all, understand the text message didn't come from from Wells Fargo, and I, I we all get these text messages all the time. I get them. I just got one from Chase earlier this week, and then they immediately call you. Hang up the phone, call your bank with the number you know to be the bank that you are a member of. Your bank will appreciate that. If you hang up on someone that is from your bank, they will completely understand when you call back and say, I wanted to make sure that it was a legitimate phone call. They are not going to be upset by that. I won't be upset. I would be proud of you if you do that. You know, I get clients all the time that send me emails. Hey, is this, is this a scam? And I look at it and let them know what it is. And uh, they'll say, oh, okay, I'm sorry to bother you. It's not a bother. I would rather you do that knowing that you are you are remaining vigilant and doing your due diligence than the opposite of you getting scammed out of thousands of dollars. And I do have friends and clients who at one point or another were scammed out of money. I, this very similar scam I'll talk about on another day uh, through Amazon where they used email and voice, phishing and, and phishing, 
to scam someone out of $2,000. So there you have it. If you use Zelle, it's not as secure as people might claim it to be. It's just a, It has just as many issues as Venmo and Cash App and other apps similar to it. There are always going to be someone out there trying to game the system and take your money. So with that, that ends this episode. Hope you learned something. Remain vigilant.